This end of summer, first of fall, has been really weird. We've had, what, last week or the week before was up to 100 degrees, and now it's been pouring cats and dogs all throughout this week. Yeah, been really, really rainy. It's almost bipolar, because it was hot as balls a couple weeks ago, and then this cold snap happened, and then I'm wondering here in the next couple weeks, is it going to get back to up to 100? Because I know, uh, I think technically fall is like a week or so away, technically. Right, and summer ended like two weeks ago? Yeah. Technically. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't mind uh, the temp that it's been, honestly, with the 70 degrees, even with the rain, so... It really hasn't been that big of an issue for me. Yeah. Which, have you been over to Bear Lake lately, or have they been keeping you down south? Uh, yeah, I haven't been up there, I think, for the whole month of September so far, so... Mm. I don't know when my next journey up there is going to be, but I'm assuming sometime soon. Yeah. Sometime soon. Yeah, it's just been it's been a little bit weird. Like yesterday, we were supposed to have a group potluck, which most of the people canceled on us, and then it ended up being halfway decent weather. But it was raining in earlier in the day yesterday, la, uh, Friday night, which we will talk about what happened last Friday night and a couple other updates. But Friday night, that was a little bizarre. It was like colder, it was uh, stormy and everything, which kind of set the mood for what we were doing Friday night. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, the whole storms and everything leading up to that was pretty crazy. I mean, the lightning was so intense um, at my house that when it would flash, the flash was so bright that it would kick my solar lights on for like a couple seconds. Yeah, and when I was over at Diana's house, dropping off the grill and everything, it was just five minutes of just straight lightning storm over there in the west. It was bizarre. It was quite quite uh, relaxing to watch, and it just kept on creeping closer and closer, and by the time when I got back into Logan, the thing was like around 11, it finally got over to us, and then it was just thunder and lightning pretty much the rest of the night with a little bit of rain. Yeah, but today, today's been a really nice sunny day. Yeah, so far. A little bit chillier, so it's definitely pumpkin spices in the air. You can definitely feel that. Yeah. Yeah. Have you even bought anything pumpkin spice yet? I don't think so. Oh, really? We've already bought, like, two things of creamer. I mean, I'm not opposed to it, but... Right. It's not been my top priority, I guess. Yeah. Well, we saw it, and Whitney wanted it, so I was like, all right, we'll buy a couple bottles. And now I'm back to drinking French vanilla because I'm over it already. Well, I'm, I'm growing my own pumpkins, so I guess that can count. Yeah, that is true. How's your garden doing, by the way? Pretty decent. Cut open one watermelon. Needs to be on there a little longer, but all my little pumpkins are are pretty much going to be picked here soon. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Oh, you ready to get this party started? Okay. This podcast contains material and language that may be disturbing to some listeners. While not explicit, listener discretion is advised. 
David and Shane discuss their random paranormal adventures and stories. We dive into paranormal cases from the past and the present. We also talk about what got us into the paranormal, the highlights, and the scary moments while on our adventures. This is Shane, and you are listening to Bear River Paranormal Podcast. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any entities they represent. This podcast represents the views and opinions of David and Shane and their guests to the show. The views and opinions are for informational purposes only, and because each person is so unique to their experiences, knowledge, and research, any and all opinions expressed does not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of any Bear River Paranormal group member, nor any member of the paranormal community as a whole. Hey everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to us. My name is Shane. And I'm David. And on today's episode of the BRP Podcast, we have a very special guest. Her name is Mariel, and we're going to be bringing her on here in a little bit. But first, we do have updates. Now, David, Friday night, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, first thing I'd like to point out and say uh, to one of our investigators, uh, Becky, um, who got uh, in a little bit of a car accident uh, the day of, too. Um, they're fine. Uh, it looked like more of like a rear end type situation slash maybe side swipe. Um, they went to the hospital and I got checked out, I think for like whiplash and a concussion cause she had her daughter in the car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of, um, a crazy thing that happened like right before the investigation. Yeah. Cause I've been keeping in contact with her and I guess, uh, from like the bottom of her ribs for all the way to the tip of her head is super sore. Uh, she ended up getting whiplash and her daughter got the concussion and then also bit her cheek and so you can clearly see the teeth marks on the inside of her cheek. Um, outside of that, just sore muscles and everything. According to the doctor, from what they told them, is it, it might take a few weeks for them to fully recover from this. But I guess the details was that she was backing out and this happened in front of her house. Um, she was backing up, she looked both ways like she's supposed to, and as she was pulling out while looking both ways, some uh, utility truck, a Ford utility truck, came barreling around the corner. Now she lives in a 35 mile an hour zone, and it was very apparent that this person was speeding and then hit the tail end of her vehicle, which flipped her vehicle around and everything, shot uh, parts 100 yards away, all nine yards. So the car's a complete loss, but Becky and her, and her daughter are are well and at home and resting and everything like that so luckily no major fatalities and no one permanently in the hospital for the next little bit you know yeah so that was that was already a crazy start to our night yeah you know it's tough going into a situation like that with your mind uh steady and at ease when you know one of your your friends and teammates you know potentially hurt very um, much so. But um, I, I would say also, for I guess for an upside uh, in it, that I think, Becky, it was good that she wasn't able to come to this, I would say. Yeah. Because of the environment in which we ended up discovering there was a, a little intense. 
that uh, could have could have been bad if one of us were to be uh, uh, affected. Mm-hmm. I, I would say, but uh, yeah, this uh, this location was in was it Wellsville? No, it was in Smithfield, Utah. Smithfield, somewhere up north. Very much so. Um, and uh, we, we started a little later, but this uh, was uh, an investigation slash cleansing. But uh, once we got there and uh, started uh, doing a few fills and everything before we start, we were like, well, this is m- probably mostly going to be um, a cleansing more so than an investigation. But mm. I think we needed the investigation to just see what we were dealing with because there was a, there's a lot that's going on there. Mm-hmm. You know, between different things, I think the, we had potential witch business going on. We have, you know, potential um, Ouija board use being used in the house previously before this owner. Mm-hmm. And uh, just other unknown things that we, we are being told, you know. So we're kind of finding like four or three different ideas in which this could be one thing or the other. Mm-hmm. So as investigators, we had to kind of piece things together and whatnot. Yeah. So it kind of kind of starts from that, where we're deciding now. All right, well let's let's start with the basics. So we get you know our meters like we do. We get a baseline reading of uh, the milligauss, right? Mm-hmm. And now so upstairs, it's actually pretty high standard milligauss. I think just standing in an open middle of the room, I was at like three milligauss mm-hmm. standard. Yeah. And then you go to certain areas and it peaks out and whatever and you can go straight up to an electrical device and it will peak out my 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 meter. And that tells me one thing that this house isn't properly grounded. Agreed. So right off the bat now we're going on great. This house isn't properly grounded, so you just have a lot of EMF leaking <laughs> into the environment. So that's not good mm-hmm. for us because that means these spirits are getting free energy basically a lot easier. Yep. Because there's just so much EMF in the environment. So we're, I'm like, all right, well, add that to the list of things that we're dealing with. <laughs> yeah, and the client did complain about the electrical work that was done on the house prior to him even purchasing the house. So it was already shoddy to begin with. Yeah, so we have that going on. And I guess when he moved in, I think a month into it, he had a flood in his basement. Yep. So you have more of that issue kind of going on, too. Um, so we get our, our readings with the meters like, all right, well, we know pretty much it's going to be hard to measure anything with our meters due to mm-hmm. the fact that everything's pretty high as it is. Yep. So we rule that out. Uh, we go downstairs. We immediately uh, go into a room where, you know, some activity's been happening. Mm-hmm. And Shane gets out his pendulum. And it's like, a, I would say it's like a little, it's like under the stairs. And then there's like a little room that I guess would be like a pantry almost, like yeah. a cold storage pantry. Yeah. Um, and Shane puts his little pendulum over, and it's spinning clockwise. So we're like, oh, it's a naturally occurring vortex. That's awesome. One more thing to add to, to the list. Mm-hmm. And then we're going from room to room, potentially figuring out where a portal might be. And I think we're like at like one of the last rooms, and we're like nothing. And it's a room that you personally didn't like when you first walked into. So your first thought was like, oh, m- maybe it's in here. Mm-hmm. But you weren't getting nothing. And I was like, well, if I was going to play in a Ouija board, I'd probably do it in the room that's most open for some mm-hmm. reason. Yeah, That's what comes to my mind. 
So we go out to like the living room in the basement. And sure enough, right where I would say, yeah, probably right here. You do your little pendulum and start spinning counterclockwise. Mm-hmm. So we're like, all right, well, I guess this is where the portal's at. And funny enough, where the vortex and the portal are at, they are literally right next to each other. Yeah, I would say probably 20 feet apart at most. I would say closer than that. Yeah. So if you have uh, energy spinning one direction and different energy spinning another direction, those are two opposing energies that are clashing in the middle. Yep. So I'm like, well, that's... And I, I looked to Alex and I was like, that's what we call in the business a perfect storm. Because I'm like, that doesn't sound good. I don't think we've ever encountered that before. Yeah, Two no. different opposing energies that that close to each other. I know we've been to places where there were different energies, but they were like really far apart. This is in a house. I don't think we've ever seen this in a house before. Yeah, this is the first time for me as well. Um, so we're like, cool. Add that to the list. So we're now like item number four on the list of things going on here. Mm-hmm. On top of they... The, the client potentially thought that we were dealing with like a succubus type thing and I won't go into too much details because it's kind of a lot um, unless Shane wants to and I'll leave that up to him mm-hmm. um, but yeah so we're dealing with they're potentially talking about a succubus on top of all this and we got a portal so who knows how many spirits have come through or left or stuck so we just got a whole thing to do so we, we, have, we have to step outside at this point <laughs> get some fresh air go across mm-hmm. the street clear out and we're just like this is going to be a long night. Yeah. I think we instantly knew. I think you called Whitney and said, yeah, I'm going to be here for a while. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, cool. It's just the three of us. And we're like, we're going to have to all team up on energies to deal with all this. Mm-hmm. So then we get, I think, finally to the point of like, all right, let's start investigating. And I think even when we weren't investigating, you had your digital recorder kind of running the whole time. Yep. And there was times where I think no one was in the house where people were in the garage, the homeowners, and they had uh, some guests with them as well, Mm -hmm. Uh, the sister and the husband of the sister to the Mm -hmm. client. Yep. If you could follow all that. Um, They were mostly in the garage. They rarely went inside when we weren't, but there were times where they were like, I thought you guys were inside. And we're like, no, we're outside. And we're like, I was hearing noises. And we had the digital recorder in there, so hopefully we caught a decent amount of noises Mm -hmm. when no one was in the house. Yeah, especially where we left my FX running and we went outside to take a break. And I yeah. think it was running for at least 10, 15 minutes while we were sitting outside. So hopefully it caught something as well. Yeah, and you put the FX right where the portal was. Yep. So we'll see if we uh, we hear anything interesting. Mm-hmm. But So we decide to start investigating. We start in the basement, lights off, and we have uh, pretty much almost everyone but one person uh, there. Uh, they were across the street. And um, you did the FX 2.0 with uh, the headphones over so you mm-hmm. can't hear our questions. Yep. And uh, we just start uh, going through and asking questions, which uh, I think we got a lot for, for two different sessions that we did. Mm-hmm. I know at some point um, we stopped asking questions because the spirits were just talking to themselves. Yeah, and it was primarily in the second room that we were doing the second session. And it was just like it was very apparent that they were ignoring us and they were just talking with each other. And so I just kept it rolling. Yeah, I just sat but there I mean, and I, I was just listening. I asked how many spirits there were. We didn't, I didn't get a direct response on that, but I know at some point uh, you kept the war, the number four kept coming up. Yeah, four. So I don't know the significance of uh, four. And it was a I, set of four fours that I heard. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's kind of weird. But then uh, I I tried asking uh, for for their name, 
like whoever we were talking to, like, uh, can you give me your name? And um, for some reason, something like really sinister came through that just it didn't sound right. Like mm-hmm. you'd have to go back in the audio, but I'm like, oh, that didn't sound good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, then later, out of nowhere, you just start spitting out names like left and right. And I'm like, I'm like, I finally said something I'm like, are you just messing with me because I asked for your name and you didn't like that? Mm-hmm. You know, and it because it just kept spitting out words. It was kind of weird, but I think the biggest thing that was interesting was uh, so one of the the husband is um, I won't I guess I won't say his name um, was there and he used to like sleep there I guess right mm-hmm. um, like as a guest like if he needed a place to crash or whatever he crashed there sometimes mm-hmm. and um, he said he never really experienced anything when he used to like sleep there and stuff. Mm-hmm. Or for some reason, he's like, I don't think they mess mess with me. And I'm like, all right, well, start asking questions. Like, what? And he, he's like, can I ask questions? I'm like, yeah, go for it. And he's like, why why don't you mess with me when I'm here? And then out of nowhere, I think either my ovulus said it or you said it. And then he said sleepover. Mm. And then I started talking. And I'm like, yeah. I looked, I looked at him. I said, it's talking to you, bud. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's literally as, and it's, I think it said his name at one point, too. Mm-hmm. And was like talking directly to him, but that was like the only direct communication. I think a spirit physically talked back to one of us that was asking questions. Yeah. So yeah, we did that for which felt like a couple minutes, mm-hmm. right? Being in the basement, we go upstairs and we're like, "Holy hell, it's like 11:30." Mm-hmm. Like a couple hours have been by, and we're like, "I swear to God, we were in the basement for like a couple minutes." Yeah. So that yeah. that was kind of a weird uh, time time thing that happened. And then we decided to start cleansing, which that's where it, it, I think it went rather smoothly. Yeah. But yeah. It, it did suck pretty much whatever energy I had left at me at that point out of me by the time mm-hmm. I uh, sealed sealed the house. Yeah, because essentially I, I decided, which I'm going to back up a little bit, we also forgot one major detail, the one mirror. He had a set of four mirrors, which he had a lot of mirrors in this house to begin with, which baffled me. But he had a set of four mirrors in his bedroom. And out of those four mirrors, only one of them was causing the pendulum to to, uh, to spin. And it was spinning in a clockwise motion, which, which told me that this mirror is being used for something uh, as like a portal or a vortex or whatever. So uh, when I started to cleanse... The first thing I did was I closed the portal and I and I took care of the mirrors and then while I was at it I went ahead and took care of the rest of the mirrors in the house. I left the vortex because the vortex is a natural occurring energy and for that particular area so I left that be for then uh, just kind of testing the waters to see what happens after the cleansing but after I took care of those we took the clients all outside we checked the sister and the husband the sister had a little bit of something in her, so I took care of her real quick. The husband didn't have anything. Then we, then I started on the client. He had this attachment for, I would say, at least a few years, two to three years. Um, I ended up having David help me uh, extract the attachment out of him, and then I just walked down the street barefoot to a uh, to an area where I can go dump and everything, and then I came back and... And then David did some uh, energy work on him as well, 
And so all three of them were copacetic at that time. And then my gut feeling was that they needed to stay outside off the property while we initiate the, the cleansing of the house. So I had David go around with some herbs that we were burning. And then I followed him after that, burning some Osha root and some Paul Santo. And then once we were done with that, then we invited them back into the house. We took care of everything else, salting the water, doing the doors and, and windows and, and everything like that. David took care of the door frames and everything. And then basically we had them walk around. There were some still residual energy, but it was dissipating as we were walking around. And basically it was it was pretty straightforward cleansing and, and we're on 48 hours since we've been there. And so far I have not heard from the client. So at least to say that to that we resolve the issue, I'll have to wait to hear back from the client to make sure everything is copacetic because I did warn him that there may be a chance we might have to return to do a uh, an upkeep cleansing on it just to make sure everything's copacetic. But outside of that, it seems to be fine. Yeah, but it was it was a long night. It was a you know three o'clock in the morning type of night for sure. Yeah, what time did you end up getting home? Was it like three, four o'clock, something like that? Something around that, yeah. Yeah. And and typically, usually with these residential clients, we usually start when the sun goes down. And now that we're getting to this time of the year where it's going to start getting darker and darker earlier and earlier, we can start earlier and earlier. But this particular client wasn't ready for us until like around 9 o'clock, so... Basically, we just hung out for a couple hours until we could actually investigate. So we did check out a new restaurant. Which would you think of that restaurant? Um, it was good. I liked it. I mean, it was. We were the only ones in there for some yeah. reason. Yeah. On a on a Friday night, but uh, I mean, the food was really good. I really enjoyed it. They made their uh, own uh, fry sauce, which was good. I mean, they had. It was an Angus burger that I had, which was really good. Like I could taste the Angus in it. You know, I wasn't upset with the price that I paid because I paid for a pretty decent quality food. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Very much so. It was, it was actually really good. I still need to do a review on it, but it was really good. But do um, you want to tell them the stone that you and I picked up a couple weeks ago? Um, sure. Do you want to say what the restaurant is and where it's at? Yeah, so it's called Judy's Cafe. It's in Smithfield, Utah, right there on Main Street. I definitely recommend you check out the location. Um, funny thing, so they actually moved in that location right after uh, Charcoal Grill moved from there to Logan. And so basically, they just had to do a couple things and they were up and running. But definitely check them out. They're on, they are on Facebook. Just look up Judy's Cafe in Smithfield, Utah, and you'll be able to locate it. Nice. Um, the stone in question, are you talking about the bronzite? Correct. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, um, when was that? Like, three uh, weeks ago? Yeah, two or three weeks ago. Something like that. Um, we, uh, we, we went on a little adventure, but we ended up uh, stopping at Bryson's Rock Shop here in Ogden. And, uh, one of the things both me and Shane got, because I've been meaning to get it for, for a minute, um, is, uh, is a stone called Bronzite. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I heard about this stone, um, on another podcast and I was like oh that sounds interesting so I heard and jotted it down and kind of kept it away and I 
did more research on it and I was like, you know, this uh, this stone sounds really good for um, for what I need based on uh, previous events that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the main properties of it that really sold me on it was is it it's said to um, like block curses or ill wishes on you. And I'm like, yeah, I really, really need that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, you know, I recently got cursed by a stupid witch. Yep. And I'm like, well, I really want this on me at all times then. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And what's also cool about it is even though it's not on, like, the birthstone listings, the zodiac sign for it is Leo, and I'm a Leo. So I'm like, well, then I really need this. Yeah. You know, because it's, it's for me. But, yeah, it helps with, like, uh, nervous energies, um, uh, dispelling negative and enhancing creativity. Mm-hmm. Uh, it goes with most chakras. Um, so it's, yeah, it's just kind of like an all-around uh, really good stone. It instills yeah. politeness and all that, too. So, yeah, it's, it's a really good stone. I like it. It's got, like, a brownish uh, color to it. Yeah. And when David told me about this and we started looking into it outside of the uh, paranormal properties, it also has some metaphysical properties and it's actually more tailored towards men than it is for women as well. So I actually, uh, when we went to Bryson's, um, I felt two stones. One of them was definitely meant for me and then one of them was meant for David. So I handed him that particular one and I would, would you agree that you felt the same energy on it? Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah. So we ended up buying it. I put my uh, stone with my cleansing stones that I had, and I actually had it on me for Friday night, and I feel like that actually helped a lot. Yeah, I definitely had mine on me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was a it it was a quite a good adventure. Didn't you pick up something else too, David? I can't remember um, if you did. Just I don't know specifically what it is, but it's it's just like a really cool like banded layer of stones that had like they were like different colors it was, was kind of big i mean it, you had to have two hands to hold it mm-hmm. um i don't know it just looked really cool not as cool is that copper infused thing that you got right which i am pulling up because i'm one of those weird people that any stone that i purchase i take a picture of the label so that way i can uh, write down the stone and put it in with my with the rest of my stones so i'm looking for it now so it is called Astrophyllite, A-S-T-R-O-P-H-Y-L-L-I-T-E. It's 60 cents a gram, so it was pretty, like I got a small little chunk and it was about five bucks. Um, then we got the bronzite and then I finally was able to, to look at some rainbow obsidian, so I did purchase that. And then um, also another weird thing, so red malachite and we were over at David's house after Bryson's and I was looking through David's uh, crystal Bibles that he has he's got you got the three versions right David yes yeah and so when we were going through it we couldn't find any red malachite in any of his any any of his Bibles so we looked it up on Google and apparently it's a type of uh, Uh, branded jasper is what red malachite is so that one's that was a little weird yeah banded jasper it's it's just a tumble stone really that's what makes it and you get different types of uh jaspers and as you tumble it together it's kind of kind of forms it 
Yeah, because technically speaking, malachite is a is a separate stone than than any jaspers. So that's why I thought it was weird that they would call it a red malachite, even though malachite in general is kind of like a black green type of stone. So I thought that was a little weird, but we'll definitely post up the information on those stones um, after when this episode airs. Um, did you have any any other updates, David? Um, I don't think so. Um, gonna see Tim next week. Yeah, for the uh, paranormal potluck. So that'll be fun. Um, oh, one last update. Our merch store. We did get some purchases, but we definitely recommend you go check it out. If you uh, sign up for their emails, pretty much starting like Thursday to Sunday, they are, they're always doing a sale, and it could be anywhere between 25 to 35% off. I know this particular weekend of recording, the, uh, the site is having a 35% off sale. So say if we were selling a shirt for 20 bucks, you're going to get 35% off of that. So it does save you a little bit of coin, so we definitely recommend you check it out. But I'm done with updates. You you good, David? I am. Hey, everybody. The sponsor of today's episode is Anchor, the platform that we use at the BRB Podcast for our podcast. Anchor is an awesome web-based distribution-type platform, kind of like Spreaker and some of those other platforms out there that allows people to host their podcasts. But here's the caveat. There is no caveat. It's free. Free? Yeah, free. Unlike some of the other streaming platforms that we've used in the past, like Spreaker, they limit you on how many episodes you can upload. They limit you on how many demographics and charts and stuff like that that you want to see and see how your podcast is doing. So Anchor provides all that for free. You can upload. You can have as many episodes as you want for how long it needs to be. They give you all of the graphs and charts needed so that way you can keep track of your progress on how well you're doing for your podcast. And they also give you the option to help monetize your episodes as well by either giving you some sponsorships or you obtain some sponsorships. We definitely, definitely recommend checking out Anchor for all of your podcast needs because us at BRP Podcast, we are a self-funded podcast. So the fact that we can use internet-based platform for free and they give us all the tools to make us successful is why we give them two thumbs up. So we definitely recommend you check out Anchor. The link is in the description of this podcast. We would love for you to check them out and let them know that we sent you over to them. Thanks, Anchor. Alright, so the main topic for this particular episode. Now, we've been looking forward to this guest throughout this whole entire season. And her name is Mariel. Now, if you don't know who she is, she is a paranormal investigator. She's been doing stuff with Paul Welch, and she's also has her own paranormal series called Ghost Vlogs. But not only that... She's a very creative individual, and she's also put out her own cosmetic line called Cursed Cosmetics. 
Now I'm going to bring her on here in a minute, but I've known Mariel for, I would say, probably upwards to five years. And I've seen her work on ghost logs, and I've seen the type of makeup that she puts out, and we definitely recommend it. But I want to definitely introduce you guys to Mariel. Now, Mariel, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me on here. Yeah, not a problem. Now, this is going to be the most common question anybody ever asks. But what got you started in the paranormal? Ooh, well, I was always interested, I guess, secretly since I was a little kid and I didn't really understand why I was attracted to it. I was more afraid of it, but I was attracted to it. Um, I mean, I've always had experiences when I was very young. Like, I think the earliest one I can remember is like when I was five, when I got visited by my grandmother. Um, soon after she passed away and then um, the next major thing was when I lived on a, in a haunted house in Argentina uh -huh. this house was built over an old cemetery that they excavated and put and moved and so like I had so many spooky scary things that has happened there that uh -huh. it just like always kind of you know was now my identity and so when I got older and got more courageous um, and had all these questions and I started to explore the paranormal. Okay, so you were born and grew up in Argentina then, correct? So I actually was born in Kirkland, Washington, mm. um, but my mother's from Argentina, so I kind of lived um, in the U.S. and in Argentina uh, kind of half and half throughout my life. So um, yeah, so I'm kind of from both worlds. <laughs> okay, so with that particular background with your mother being from Argentina, what is the culture like down there when it comes to paranormal and ghosts and spirits and stuff like that? Ooh, um, it's basically everybody believes everything. <laughs> they, they all believe in the superstition. They all believe in uh, just anything like voodoo. They believe in spirits. They believe in the demonic. Um, and you know, it, it's very common to talk about something, and then you know, you always see everybody like doing the the little cross signals with their hands. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a very where I was uh, living and where my mom's from. It's very Catholic. Like Catholic is very prominent there, mm -hmm. and so just everything looks scary. Even when you go to these like hundred-year-old cathedrals, it's just so freaky in there <laughs> with their all their little dolls and their holy water and stuff. It, it it's just creepy in itself. Mm, okay. And so was your mother a practicing Catholic, or was she into like voodoo, hoodoo, or anything like that? Well, she used to be a Catholic, um, but then she met my dad, which he was uh, LDS, so he was on his mission, and he met my mom, and then obviously she's a she was converted LDS after that. Okay, and with your father being LDS and everything, and obviously with the clash of two different cultures, was he more accepting of the paranormal stuff, especially if he were to visit Argentina with you guys? Um. Well, he always denied it. He'd always denied the sounds of chairs moving around the house at the middle of the night. He would deny the talking, the voices. Um, he would deny things that would happen and just say it's all in our heads. But I, I know deep down inside me he knew 
what was really going on because now when I talk to my dad and he like we have these conversations I'll bring it up sometimes and then he's more like open and say yeah I remember that versus during the time he'd block it out and be like we're just you know going crazy or something (laughs) well and to be honest I love hearing that because that just gives you that just gives all of our listeners an example of what the culture is like because you know I don't know if you've if you've heard me talk about it on other episodes or in public or anything but I've always talked about how America as a whole has been so close-minded towards this. I mean, obviously they're they're opening up more and more as this stuff is is becoming the norm. But if you look at the culture like down in Argentina, they're they all believe in it. They all technically some of them worship it and everything like that. And it's just such a stark difference, and that's why I wanted to ask you that particular question and just kind of give our listeners an idea of, you know, how it is here in America when it comes to the paranormal versus any other country. It's just such a huge stark difference, if if you can agree with that. Oh, yeah, for sure. 100% agree. Mm-hmm. Um, what I've noticed that in different countries, because I also lived in Paraguay and Brazil. Oh, nice. Um, they are way more open to it. They That's why I feel like a lot of people will have experiences, um, the unexplained and all the, the unknown all the time, um, because people are just naturally already very open to it in their minds because they already grew up with their grandmother or their parents uh, talking about all these ghost stories or this happened to me, you know, like, my boyfriend, his uh, grandfather, he's from England, and so his mom has kind of like a spooky story with this haunted doll that she would experience certain things when she lived in England, and um, it, it's just it's just funny to me how like all these other countries that have like rich history with with big events um, are the ones that really you know believe in it, and then you come to the U.S. and yes, you're right. We are definitely opening our eyes here more, more open to it, but not everybody is like welcoming to it. You know, mm-hmm. nobody mm-hmm. really believes in it and they're just like, well, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's another like these shows, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. I mean, luckily we're in that time for, in that time right now that like it's more open to talk about and there's more shows out there doing like paranormal and stuff mm-hmm. but if it wasn't for that i don't i think people would still be kind of closed-minded on it very much so now would would you agree with that david as well yeah i think it takes the age in which um social media kind of became the catalyst of turning it into the norm because prior to that you just had you know the newspaper and hearsay of people of like just whispers of people doing this and then mm-hmm. as stories progress from person to person you know the main thing changes yeah right details change they get more either elaborate or or whatever and when someone who started out potentially trying to help someone out turns into oh they're devil worshipers were in that house you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah and, and in fact i think technically speaking ghost hunters was the first major tv series um, and prior to that was like little shows here and there that I think showed on like Lifetime or AMC or whatever about haunted locations or whatnot. But it wasn't until YouTube and Facebook and all that started 
st- started happening and more and more people started record- recording things and it's becoming, you know, more acceptable. But like Mario said and like what you said, David, there's still people that are really closed off. They just don't want to admit that it's actually a legit thing, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I feel like everyone with like YouTube and stuff is more credible nowadays. So it's also very... Um, comforting for us paranormal people (laughs) because then you know like the evidence is more um real you know real experiences real life real reactions and real evidence because hollywood you know they have to have ratings and they have to do what they have to do which i don't understand but i do support more of the little guys like the youtubers out there (laughs) just because it it helps with the credibility and there's a science to it Mm-hmm. And, you know, the more um, evidences we have, we can all come together as a paranormal community and uh, pull it apart to be able to find out what it really is like on the other side. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, are you more of like on the scientific spectrum or do you have spiritual abilities and it helps you with the investigations in the paranormal? I would say it's kind of a little bit of both. Um, I definitely am sensitive. I can feel things sometimes. I purposely shut it off because I don't want to tap into that. One, just because like of my own protection and two, I have a family. I think if I was more, um, you know, understanding of these abilities, I would be a little bit more open to it, but I just do not want to open a door that I'm not very familiar with as far as the practice goes um and then yeah the second obviously is science because i want to be able to question it and then look at look back at something and be able to be like i can't explain it It, i was just by myself it talked back and it said something and it was just me you know what i mean and so um or just explaining like the temperature changes and there's just a lot of things that I think if you can back it up with some type of science, it becomes more real and it's not just in your head. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. And that that's the one thing that I wanted to hit home with with my team is that we wanted to use the equipment to show that, yes, the paranormal is real because of these random fluctuations that shouldn't, shouldn't be happening, you know, and the uh, electronic voice phenomenons. Mm-hmm. And even a couple times, I mean, we've caught a couple of full-body apparitions on digital still. We've caught black masses on video. We've caught, you know, stuff moving on its own. Uh, Equipment going off when no one is around, you know. We're catching so much evidence, um, obviously trying to debunk as much as we can before we can deem that it's, it's evidence. But it just baffles me that you can literally serve evidence that is proven to be evidence on a silver freaking platter and some people still turn a blind eye to it you know what i mean yeah yep exactly so that's why we try to hit including you we try to hit on the scientific aspect of it i mean obviously some of us do have true uh spiritual abilities and everything but that can only go so far you know yeah and you know since you're saying that i feel like everyone has some type of ability you know i think Mm -hmm. we all have a capacity that our brains can go but we just limit it you know yeah yeah definitely now with uh, your experience with the paranormal can you tell us about the first time you went on an investigation oh yeah 
So I finally had the, <laughs> I don't know if we can say that in here, so I'm just gonna skip that word. But I finally had the courage to go ahead and <laughs> go on one. <laughs> and I was pregnant. I was pregnant with my third child. And I think I was like six and a half months pregnant. And I saw this Craigslist ad um, and it said, we are booking for a paranormal investigation at the um, uh, family tree down in Santa Quin, Utah. And I was like, I don't even know where Santa Quin is. I don't know why I feel so drawn to this post. I could get murdered if I just show up. Who knows? <laughs> and they're like, we are looking also for team members. So I just called that phone number. And this guy answered on the other line. And I said, I have no experience whatsoever in ghost hunting and I have had experiences I just want to go on one and see how it is and maybe if it works out maybe I can help be part of the team or do something for you guys um, uh -huh. if it all you know goes according to plan and I'm not dead <laughs> um, but he 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 said okay and then I went uh, the next week and I was pregnant cause, and I was scared because I was like why doesn't think follows me home I'm pregnant I have kids you know but mm -hmm. I still went and it was the freaking coolest thing I've ever ever experienced like it nice. was so much fun like I think the when I say fun it was the thrilling <laughs> yeah <laughs> thrilling things and scary things for some reason to me not maybe at that moment but after it's like whoa that was so cool that's such a cool experience you know and when you're first starting you think everything's orbs you're, you're watching the monitor you're like oh my gosh there's like a hundred goats in here <laughs> <laughs> that was it that was back um, in 2013 mm, okay and who what was the team you know, I don't even remember anymore. <laughs> it was so long ago, I ha I don't remember anymore. Okay, yeah, because I think it was uh, 2012 is when I started my group, so that's why I wanted to ask, because I knew there was a couple of teams uh, that were in Utah when I started my group, and then so far they've all uh, retired, and they're not active in the paranormal anywhere, anymore, so that's why I wanted to ask. Yeah, I I think I would remember if it was your name or something um, uh -huh. familiar with yours, but uh -huh. it was just a small little group, and I honestly can't remember anymore. It was so back um, because they ended up I think moving uh, states, and then I never saw them again. So. Oh, okay. And how long were you were you part of that team, or did you just tag along for investigations? Um, I just ended up tagging along because you know I was about to have a baby and all that stuff, so I didn't uh -huh. think that was the right time. But uh -huh. soon after I had my my baby, I ended up doing a lot of ghost hunting, and then I never was part of a team per se. Uh -huh. I just kind of created my own thing, you know. Okay. So I would just tag along with different teams, and then. I met a lot of people and that's how I met Paul. I actually met him through uh, Nate Tooley. Mm -hmm. um, I don't remember what team he was in, but I met him through the Fear Factory and he was just recording and him and I became really good friends. And then he saw my vision and he, 
he'd tell me he believed in me and honestly he was he's one of the biggest reasons why I even tried filming for for the longest time because mm -hmm. I could not give up on on myself knowing that he's not giving up on me because it's yeah. this this industry is so hard and a lot of people do it because they want to be famous and this and that but some of us like me I want to do it because I want to be able to travel around the country and go to haunted places and read the history and learn more about the paranormal and you know treat it as a job and get paid for it so I can mm -hmm. do it full time you know yeah. Yeah. Um, versus I'm going to be better than you or I'm going to do this and I'm going to make all this money and all, like just all the wrong reasons right mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah and and that is the, that's unfortunately the uh, toxic culture in the paranormal field when it comes to filming and everything because like you David and I we've we wanted to set out and just show everybody our evidence we want to travel and we want to go check out these locations and everything and, and like you we would like to turn it into a business and get paid for it but we're, we didn't want to get into it to get rich we wanted to get another opinion out there so that way everybody's not like oh Zach Baggins or you know some of those yeah. other ones yeah exactly and then you know the downside of if you do make it and you make it into the hollywood and you make it to tv because that's everyone's goals mm -hmm. um what happens is that you get so over your head with demands from a tv company um and if you don't meet those demands you get canceled and you know you you do you get forced to basically fake evidence and create drama like just all these things like if a famous group that's on tv comes in to your haunted location mm -hmm. and then they leave they don't care about how they left the the spirits there if they made them more erupt they don't mm -hmm. care if they created drama between you and your neighbor they yep. just go in and they out and that's it they wash their hands and then on to the next mm -hmm. which is very very true because there's been quite a few people that i've heard from that they've had like ghost adventures in and whatever and they've done their thing and they left and the house is 10 times worse than it was before they even showed up and i've also right. heard that they they're pretty sloppy like they they leave like equipment behind and everything like that like people have found like random pieces of equipment in a random spot you know it's just it's not it's not a good way to, to go about it and it always irritated me when i would watch like an episode when they would do a residential investigation and i just feel so sorry for those people but then you know they're the ones that were clamoring for them to come in in the first place so maybe it was you know maybe they wanted it who knows but yeah it always irritated me yeah some people have businesses they just they think that that's going to help them with their business and it really doesn't in the end of mm -hmm. the day I've met so many people as well. Well, speaking of ghost adventures, I have nothing against ghost adventures or anything like that. Honestly, yeah. like up until like when Nick Groff left is kind of when I stopped watching ghost adventures. Haven't been much of a fan just because being a paranormal investigator, you kind of can tell uh, the real versus the fake, the drama. And so it kind of gets old, mm -hmm. but everything like the episodes with Nick, like especially the first season is like the good stuff. You know, yeah. you know that they're legitly trying to speak to the other side. They're really trying to get evidence and it's more genuine. So those would be my favorite adventures, I guess, from them is yep. like 
uh, before Groff left. Yeah, and I would dare say David would highly agree with you, right? Yeah, that's about when I I specifically only follow Nick and and, and all that and his team that what they do more so than uh, Baggins' uh, side and everything. Although they come up, so you have to be in the know. You know, it's hard to like completely um, not hear any information about anybody that's uh, famous in this in this field. Um, but like, I I personally follow uh, Nick Elizabeth and. Uh, John's Zaffis probably the most mm-hmm. out of everybody. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I will tip my hat to Zach. He actually he created a pretty damn good museum. I mean, I've been there a few times. David's been, how many times have you been, David? Once? I think just the once. Yeah, just the one time. Have you ever been there, Mario? I haven't. I've had many opportunities to go, and always something happened where I wasn't able to get there. But I agree. He, if it wasn't for Zach, I, well, I know there's the ghost hunters and everything, but let's be honest, Zach Biggins is the person who paved the way in the paranormal where people like actually are paying attention, you know, and are looking forward to it. Yeah, because Ghost Hunters uh, basically built the foundation, and go, same mm-hmm. with Ghost Hunters International, they built the foundation, and basically Zach paved the way for the rest of everybody else. Because if it wasn't for Ghost Adventures, there wouldn't have been the other like four or five other TV shows about paranormal investigations. And then uh, I noticed as of lately, there's been a lot more shows about UFOs as well. That seems to be more becoming very popular. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent agree. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that that's the only time I will tilt my hat is like, thank you, sir, for paving the way, right? Yeah. <laughs> Now, doesn't John Zaffis, doesn't he have a uh, haunted museum as well? Yes, he does. He And he's an, a great man. Like, mm-hmm. I've met him and spoke to him and had dinner with him a few times. Um, mm-hmm. And he is actually really nice. Uh, he's very sarcastic, too, at the same time. <laughs> but he's a lovely man. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because his uh, museum is actually on my bucket list. I would love to go check out his museum. Now oh, that yeah, I've already same. been to Zach's, I want to go to his. Oh, but yeah, for sure. Isn't his on the East Coast, though? Yeah, you know, like I'm not the, exactly sure. I think, like, closer to Ohio area up there. Yeah, something like that. So, <clears throat> with your experiences... Now, have you always done things for Ghost Vlogs? I'm going to just interrupt. Oh, Connecticut. Connecticut. Oh. Yes. Oh, it was in Connecticut? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, good to know. So I was I was right. It was on the East Coast because I thought I saw something about it being out there, but I wasn't 100% sure. Well, I never, I never knew if he fully got it up and going because last time I heard, he has, like, in his backyard, like, just a barn full of the stuff, right? But yeah. he doesn't on his property, but he ha- he's not turning that into it because neighbors. So last I heard, he was trying to get a business building to where he can move all that stuff to it. But I don't know if he's fully got uh, a building for it or not. Okay. Okay. Well, that's good to know because it's definitely on my bucket list for sure. But um, so, Mariel, so since you've never technically been on a team, but you've been on investigations, when did Ghost Vlog start? Ghost vlogs. Um, 
it started. Oh, you're you're really uh, jungling my mind here. <laughs> um, Ghost Walk started in 2017. I had to think about that for a second. I feel like it's been so far away, but it's really not. Yeah. Um, yeah, we started in 2017. Actually, we started a little bit before that. It used to be called um, Haunted Places. And obviously that whole thing didn't work out after like three episodes um, mm -hmm. because unfortunately you will, you, you have to make sure that the group that you work with are all on the same page because yeah. if any of them are in for money, they will drop like flies. They, mm -hmm. they will, they'll be like, well, how long? You know what I mean? Because what people don't understand that when you're building your team or if you're building your own like YouTube show or whatever, you are pocketing everything out of your pocket. Mm -hmm. You're paying for your hotel, you're paying for your gas, you're paying for, you know, other things, food, and then also it's your time, you know, mm -hmm. that you're taking off from either work. So let's just say it's a Wednesday, you're supposed to go to work, but you took it off, you're missing a day of work. Or if you go on a week weekend, like that's still another whole entire day, maybe two of your entire time. Yep. Um, but yeah, so you have to make sure you have a good group um, to be able to to do what you're trying to do as far as like making film. Mm -hmm. um, so luckily in 2017, I found that group and I started working with JD from Inglewood Films. He actually makes movies um, and he has some awesome like horror movies on Amazon that you can watch right now and he's coming out with the movie called Elgia which should be super super good yeah. uh, but he was helping me out in the beginning for uh, the first season and I think we did six episodes total and it was it was a great time it was a lot of learning ghost vlogs is definitely not perfect it has so many mistakes <laughs> it has a lot especially the first episode because we're all learning how to do this that same day you know yep. what I mean mm -hmm. um, so you're gonna see a lot of rawness and a lot of like oh I wish I didn't say that or I wish I would have done this or it should have been different you know mm -hmm. um, but that's what happens when you first start like look at Ghost Adventures when they did their first episode it yeah. was just a lot of walking around and like trying to like talk to ghosts mm -hmm. <laughs> it wasn't nothing special yeah um, but yeah that's that's how it started and we did the first season we filmed season two well we got just uh two episodes but then like covid hit so we paused mm -hmm. and then he ended up getting married and then having a baby and then building a home and buying a, and, and filming all his movies that uh, we just haven't gotten together to finish the rest of it but we have two episodes down that were that are ready to go <laughs> yeah and i definitely wanted to touch on the, how hard it is and I think a lot of people don't realize that that it takes a lot of time money and effort to get something going and then it takes even more time money and effort to keep it going to the point where it makes it profitable because I don't know of anybody that actually started making massive amount of money on YouTube by just releasing a couple episodes and going from there there's the marketing aspect you got to go out there and you got to hustle and and do all that for people to watch your stuff even though we're living in the age of social media and we could pay for ads and and do all this but unless people are actually captivated to the content that you're creating it's going to be a very hard sell and, and would you agree Mario? Oh yeah for sure like 
I have made negative with ghost vlogs. I haven't made a penny. In mm -hmm. fact, everything's still negative, but we do it because it's fun. You know, and when I say negative, it's all coming out of our pockets and we haven't received any type of payment for for any of the episodes that we've done. You know, so you're paying for the web hosting, you're paying for gas, you're paying for hotels, you're paying for the location. And sometimes you'll get lucky where they'll be like, no, just come on over for free, you know. Yeah. And so, like, as long as you're being respectful towards the location that you're in. But, yeah, it, it's a lot. It's a lot of work and it's a lot of researching, too. So there's more than just, like, showing up and setting up and taking time off. Um, there's a lot of researching and there's a lot of reading and there's a lot of uh, interviewing people like you, you're prepping days and days before mm -hmm. and then not to mention you're going through hours and hours and hours of footage and hours of recordings and then you have to like stitch them together and then you're trying to find something that you must have you might have never seen and then it's on film like you're trying to find it because sometimes you'll go to places and you'll be very disappointed thinking you got nothing mm -hmm. and you're just over it and you're like I'm done you know yeah. but when you go back and you review your footage you'll your mind's just blown away with all the evidence you found mm -hmm. yeah very much so you definitely drove it home with that because a lot of people get that mis misconception because you know they watch like ghost ghost hunters or ghost adventures on TV and they're like oh look at that they got so much evidence in one hour and blah blah blah, blah. and it's like no Usually one particular location will take anywhere between three to seven days to film. And that's, like you said, with interviews, with all this, and and then putting the episodes together. Like, obviously, they have a whole team that they can do it versus some of us that are doing it from our own base or our own basement or office or whatever and and trying to stitch it all together. And it, it is it's a lot of work. And, you know, it, it pains me to hear that you've, you haven't made anything off of it because I think you're a damn good investigator. And I personally watched season one and I, and I liked it, you know, but oh, that you. is the... That yeah. makes me happy. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the reality of it. It's just, it's a lot of hard work and it's going to take time for it to be successful. And I really want to see Ghost Vlogs be successful because I really think you deserve it. Well, thank you. And also another note is when you become a paranormal investigator and you're putting out content, you have to build the backbone because people mm -hmm. are gonna be mean. They're gonna be oh, bullies yeah. and they're gonna be mean and they're gonna judge you for your appearance, for how you talk, for your evidence. They're gonna tell you you're faking it. You're gonna tell, they're gonna tell you like the, the video is not good quality enough that, mm -hmm. you know, or my favorite comment I had on, uh, Amazon Prime was somebody that watched my episode and told me I look like and sound like a smurf. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's okay. I'm actually laughing because it was so funny to me, mm -hmm. you know? And so like, luckily I've been in the, in, in this uh, business for long enough for me to build that backbone mm -hmm. because I freaking laugh and I'm going to be honest with you. Since owning Cursed Cosmetics, I do have to deal with a lot of like drama and having a backbone for that, but it's nothing compared to how nasty like the paranormal community can be. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Now, um, Las Vegas Paracon, you want to talk a little bit about that? 
Oh yeah. What do you what kind of tea do you want from that con? <laughs> well, we 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 all heard the backstory of what all happened, people not getting paid and then the guy going bankrupt or whatever, but how was your time there? Let's start with that. Like, did you meet anybody okay, the that time, you want to mention? Yeah. So the time was awesome. I had the best time I ever had and I was able to mingle with all your paranormal celebrities and we all we exchanged numbers had drinks ate dinner uh -huh. um you know and created really good friendships like i still talk to a lot of them till today like we'll text and stuff but uh -huh. um it was a really wonderful time um for especially for curse cosmetics because we were i don't know how we got lucky but literally the opening door where people come into the convention like the main entrance we were right in front of it and we had our coffin uh shelves and display and i had my vampires uh, modeling and everything and they all would come to my booth and i had a uh, line after line hmm. um and so we did very good we sold good it was very successful for us it unfortunately i heard it wasn't very successful for a lot of people hmm. um and obviously there was a lot of disappointment it was a little scattered and all over the place hmm. um but everybody made the best time and everybody was friendly and if I could do it again, I would definitely do it again just for that experience, you know? Um, but yeah, I would say experience like with my own self there was a 10 out of 10. Now the experience with the con separately, uh, if I could do a zero, I'd say zero. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I heard quite a few people from Utah actually went there, and then we heard of the drama and everything that happened afterwards. Like It just blows me away how someone could put on a very uh, big Paracon like that and have all these big names come and then not pay. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, okay, so first of all, their advertising wasn't very good. Agreed. Uh, they had... They had very poor advertising i don't think any money went into advertising i feel like the booths that were rented out like the spaces were way too cheap and should have been way more expensive mm -hmm. um to be able to afford the advertising especially if you're going to be renting out the mgm conference center which mm -hmm. is not inside the mg mgm by the way like you literally have to go down like another block and find this huge convention center like yeah. it's not attached to the mgm so um so me i got lost a couple times but i figured it out um and my booth was like 75 bucks that's how much i paid mm. so if you think about all the vendors that were there that's not even enough money to cover you know advertising in my opinion mm -hmm. for, from someone that does advertising anyways with her with her brand right yeah. So there is that. And so not a lot of people showed up like we thought they would be. We thought thousands of people would come in, kind of like how like you expect Comic-Con here, like FanX, for example, you, you know, things like mm -hmm. that. But it wasn't, yeah. you know, very full. The home mm -hmm. show gets more traffic than that place did. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um and then uh, after the event ended, um, I was 
having a conversation with some people. Well, actually, let's go before the biggest tea. Let, let's build it up for you. How about that? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, okay. So, Zach Bagan. So, the museum was supposed to be there. Okay. They announced the whole, like, museum. Uh, Zach Baggins Haunted Museum that's going to be there and whatnot. And so they ended up declining because they found out, and this is my understanding. I'm not 100% sure, and I'm not trying to speculate here, but I'm going to speculate uh-huh. a little bit, uh-huh. is that I, I believe that Nick Groff was invited to go, and Zach was like, no, if we're going to be there, he's not going to be there. Um, and then they ended up pulling out. And I think also because of like money, I think it was two uh-huh. things at the same time. Uh-huh. So there's that drama behind the scenes. And then, um, which is, if that's true, like that would be so sad because they're two different entities. And I feel like at this stage, there's no competition anymore, yeah. you know? Um, so there was that. And then, uh, everybody had like schedules to go do classes i actually had one too but he never gave me the time slot so it was advertised and i missed my my class to to tell everybody how i'm cursed and here's how you apply lipstick and here's how you do this you know but i missed the window because my i never was given a time but it was scheduled apparently yeah and people showed up and i wasn't there so that was another thing um and then the payment thing um he ended up giving, uh, <laughs> I'm going to tell you, he ended up giving Josh Gates a check and the check bounced for Ooh. thousands and thousands of dollars. Wow. And there's a few other people that their checks also bounced. Mm. Man, that's, yeah. that's shady right there. Yeah. And then they would try to like cash it again and they couldn't cash it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So... Th- a lot of these celebrities, uh, paranormal celebrities, like traveled, paid for their own hotel to be reimbursed, right? The promise mm-hmm. of being reimbursed. Mm-hmm. Um, their time, their food, uh, whatever else was involved, um, they all paid them themselves, you know? So they were all out of money, but the most awesomest thing I've seen as is that all these celebrities came together and made an after party, invited all the fans to come to this this restaurant place lounge area to come hang out and just have drinks and talk to each other and meet each other. And that was like a way better experience than the actual convention. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, so they were making up for all the things, but they, they did post about it and they said some things, but... Mm-hmm. You know, they, they're happy they were able to do it for the fans. Yeah. And then I also heard that the uh, luncheon that was supposed to happen was also food barred as well. Uh, there was no luncheon. Okay. Because I heard that there, there was yeah. for the VIP guests for the, to have lunch with the celebrities and that never happened. Yeah, which was $250 and they canceled it. Oofta. They canceled it like the same day and said sorry guys we're canceling uh but everybody's gonna meet at this bar and Mm -hmm. it was a bar inside the mgm which you can't fit a lot of people in. so there's people just out in the casino Mm -hmm. lobby they're all kind of hanging out and spread out and yeah so i don't know if anyone got refunded for that i didn't pay for that um 
so I don't know. I mm. just know that it just the luncheon was canceled and never happened. Okay, okay. But overall, though, uh, in your opinion, it was worth the trip down there to have the booth because obviously you made money for Curse Cosmetics and everything, and the experience to meet and mingle with some of the celebrities and get their numbers and everything that was definitely worth it, in your opinion. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I said, the experience for me going out of my way was a 10 out of 10 because I made it happen and I took things in my own hands, you know, mm -hmm. but as far as the experience with the convention itself, zero, zero stars. Yeah. Okay. It so, was not worth for anybody to travel there. Yeah. Yeah. And Unless you want to meet your favorite celebrity, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And and I've heard that from quite a few other people too. And then we kind of followed the little bit of drama that happened after it and everything. And I think we talked about it on another episode uh, a little bit here and there and obviously speculating and from what we were seeing on online and everything and that was one of the things that we wanted to ask you when we asked for you to be a guest was you know how was your experience what all did you hear you know because obviously if the, if the convention was running was been ran that poorly there MGM Grand is obviously not going to allow that to happen again or any of the conventions down there so whoever does decide to put on another paranormal convention i think they're going to be scrutinized under a microscope and right that, that's and, what i would think and i'm going to be like very honest i don't think the guy that was responsible for the para unity um actually meant for all this to happen i'm not sure if it's happened before with the other stuff mm -hmm. but with this particular one it was just very underfunded I think he was hoping that more money would come in and things like that. Like, I'm not defending him and I'm not saying he's a villain, you know, because things do happen. You know, things that you projected on ticket sales, uh, yeah. just everything, sometimes yeah. don't work out the way you think, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. honestly, I feel like he tried because he was going around all the tables, talking to people, seeing how he can help saying hello introducing himself like he didn't seem like he was being shady and he didn't seem like he was like hiding you know at least that's my personal opinion i don't know him i don't know his past i don't know if he's done this before all i know is that he was running around all over the place and you could tell he was stressing out so yeah understood so what got you wanting to start your own cosmetic business? It started with the night vision camera. <laughs> mm. So, yeah, I was actually at Needful Things. It's down in Murray. It's an antique store. And I was down in the crawl space. So it's a nasty crawl space with, like, dead bones of animals and mm -hmm. just, like, all this gross spiders. And it was freaky. And I was facing, I was on my stomach um, in this dirt facing my night vision camera and doing like a little vlog of myself talking and what I'm feeling. And then when we got to editing the video, I was like, oh my gosh, my lashes look so good. And my brows, like all my makeup, like I was so proud of my makeup, right? And yeah. so that's kind of the moment that I was like, you know, I would kill it if I had my own lashes or something like that, right? And I just mm -hmm. jokingly said that, but it's funny because a lot of the girls that follow me that are like 
fans at that time when the first season came out when it was fresh, they would all ask me what lipstick and I was wearing or what uh, lashes I was wearing, what makeup brand. And so that's kind of how that happened. Okay. And I also needed a long-lasting lipstick because I was sick and tired of like getting my creamy lipstick all dirty with dirt and having to wipe it off. Or like I'm filming, and you know this as a ghost hunter, sometimes you're in the space for hours at a time. The mm-hmm. last thing you think of is like taking a second to pause and put lip, like reapply lipstick on, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Even though so, I don't wear lipstick, but I, right, I know exactly I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of how that happened. I was tired of that and I was like, I'm going to create my own formula, something that lasts for a long time that does not get sticky where like dirt can get on it and it'll just be matte and mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about it and I'm on my way, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. And tell us a little bit about the business itself, like what, what kind of stuff... Uh, inspired you to create some of your shades and some of your lip glosses and and makeup and all that good jazz so i'm very big into like the alternative like the gothy you know that kind of like goth fashion i may not wear goth fashion all the time but i do admire like the home decor decor that's gothy the victorian Mm -hmm. the witchy aesthetic the vampires just anything like supernatural uh that you can read in books the Mm -hmm. the mythologies just all this stuff and that's kind of what cursed cosmetics is inspired by Mm -hmm. and it's kind of also helped me find who i am as a person Mm -hmm. um and put it all kind of like a reflection of who i am in a collection of makeup Mm -hmm. and therefore cursed cosmetics came forth you know and and Mm -hmm. i freaking love it and i love how people love my brand and it's just a really nice feeling because you give a little bit of you to somebody, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And what's your future goals for the company mm-hmm. itself? Are you thinking about landing like a deal with like uh, Sephora or Ulta? Or what's your end game with the business? Um, My end game is, yes, it's, everybody wants to be in Sephora, right? Mm-hmm. Um. I've tried every year until I finally can step in the door. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to give up and I'm going to keep building my brand until it's big enough where they can see, oh my gosh, there's this brand called Cursed Cosmetics. It's pretty big, pretty Mm -hmm. big deal. And we don't have that aesthetic in our store. So let's Mm -hmm. at least take a look because I've been rejected three years in a row, but I'm not giving up. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of my main goals. But my second goal is to be able to change the world um, with makeup. We yeah. are actually working with a charity called Lava. And we donate eyeshadow palettes and makeup to um, to everybody that was, you know, sex trafficked mm-hmm. and are going through, you know, the therapy and everything that they need to get better Um, so we provide them like a kit of makeup to help them feel empowered. Mm. Okay. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Um, now comparatively, so the only, let's see, so besides Jeffree Star and Kat Von D, how does your products compare to those two particular lines? Um, 
Aesthetically, I think everybody gets inspired by somebody or something. Um, so mine, it, so my brand targets more of a community. So I have like a coven is what I called it, a, a coven community where I gather all of my customers, all my affiliates, and we're all in this one little pool. Um, and we all support each other and we all talk. They talk to me, I talk to them. Um, it's crazy because it's a private Facebook page and I have a lot of uh, people in there and they'll post a picture with my brand or even without my brand. I don't care, you're welcome to the coven whether you bought my product or not. Uh -huh. But it's amazing to see like other women empowering other women and so I feel like that goes part of the brand and what makes me different because I'm not here just to sell you a $20 lipstick, you know, my lipstick's $16.99, but all these yeah. other ones are $20 and up. Okay. I'm not here just to sell you a lipstick or an eyeshadow. I'm here to sell you a magic experience. So when you open your box, you're so excited and two, you can feel the empowerment. You can feel the the, the love and you can also feel like just happiness mm -hmm. and that's what I want to do and change kind of like the makeup community a little mm -hmm. bit and give that experience to people because you can be a celebrity and slap your name on a brand on makeup and call it good you mm -hmm. know but then there's those little guys like me that spend their life savings and are always struggling every month because they're marketing and they're trying really hard to to get their makeup seen but a lot of the little guys always have a message to give and i feel like something with the message is way better than just like a celebrity putting their name on something you know mm -hmm. and i completely agree and i i will definitely even though i don't wear makeup personally but i know people who do i know david's wife loves makeup and my significant other also loves makeup as well and so I definitely want to get that out to the community so that way people can come and check you out. And I definitely stand behind your business and everything that you stand for with that. Now, where do people, where can people find you and want to uh, purchase your products or anything like that? So I can be found on our website, which is www.cursedcosmetics with the K dot com and it's the same thing for all of our social media for our tiktok it's cursed cosmetics twitter cursed cosmetics instagram cursed cosmetics and facebook cursed cosmetics oh and youtube <laughs> you can watch our commercials on there under cursed cosmetics and see all the other people reviewing our products okay awesome now do you have a storefront for your business as well we have a little pop-up shop called Cursed Parlor where you can see, uh, you can purchase Cursed Cosmetics, but we have other stuff there. We're actually located inside the uh, Asylum 49 up in Tooele. Okay, okay, that's awesome. And obviously, uh, all, all the links that we talk about in this podcast will be in the description of this particular episode, and we will also be uh, putting it in our uh, group the BRP podcast group and uh, where we want to get this brand out to everybody we're also going to post this on the Facebook page as well now for ghost vlogs where can people find you there 
Uh, for right now, we have our social media, which is Facebook, Ghost Vlog. So Ghost and then Vlogs with a V, V-L-O-G-S. Um, and then Instagram as well as Twitter. Okay, awesome. Now, I did pull up the website, but the website is currently down for maintenance. Uh, obviously, when things pick back up with the Ghost Vlog stuff, uh, it will be reactivated, I would assume. Yes, yes. Once we get everything going with our second season, we're going to pop it up. That way we can build a better, more efficient website <laughs> and have merch and all that. kinds of fun things. Yeah. Now, David, did you have any questions for Mario? Um, sure. Um, what? So I know you talked about like the, your goals, but what, what is the next thing that you are currently uh, working on that are, you're wanting to do uh, coming up here in the future? Well, um, I am launching a new collection. I can't really speak on that one right now. It does have something to do with the Asylum 49. Um, so we have that one coming out. And then I did score a, a collaboration with a major rock band. Um, and this is going to come out in spring due to like NDA and stuff. I cannot say what band it is. Um, because I just can't, I have to bite my tongue and no matter how bad I want to tell everybody in the whole world right now, I just can't, but they've been famous since 2005 and I've been a huge fan since high school and I know like most of their songs and they're actually coming out to Utah on the first. So I'm going to be like hanging out with them and giving them some makeup and having a business meeting with them for a little bit to finish our new product collection. <laughs> okay. Rock on. Okay, I like it. Right? Yeah, me too. <laughs> now, any more questions, David? Um, I don't, um, well, it's not so much a question, but, uh, I know because, um, I think, if I remember correctly, um, we did uh, investigate together one time, you and I, um, at the Asylum 49. Oh, cool! And I um, do. Do you have more plans uh, for the, uh, the the investigating side? Are you trying to get out there again to to do more uh, investigating? And uh, what are your uh, goals for for that? Yeah, I definitely am looking to expand. I'm actually going to be doing some YouTube, um, like personal YouTube. Um, I'm going to have two different structures. One is going to be more like where I sit down in a, in a haunted place. Uh, we actually start filming, uh, I believe next week. Um, so I sit down in a haunted place. I do my makeup with Curse Cosmetics while I'm telling the story of the haunted place, right? It's like a pre thing before a ghost hunt. And then you'll have like, that's part one. So if you wanna watch the process and the history of it, you can go there. And then part two, you'll see the actual ghost hunt and it'll just be my, me, myself and I. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it's a little different, and I figured people like to see a girl in distress sometimes. It'll all work out. <laughs> so I'll just include a makeup with like all the information of the place for the girls, right? And then the adventure part on a second YouTube video where like the girls and the husbands can go watch. Okay. Well, that's actually pretty cool. That 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 would be quite interesting to watch. I would definitely 
want to watch that once that gets released and everything. Yeah. What's, uh, what's the first location you're thinking of doing? Uh, we. I'm going to definitely be filming at Asylum 49. Heck yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's going to be the first one because that one's going to be more than one part. That's for sure. Okay. That's awesome. It's way too big to cover that in like one one video on YouTube. <laughs> no, I completely get that. What, are you thinking about like two or three episodes at least? Yeah, it'll be between probably two, maybe three. Um, but that's two actual investigation and then the one. So three total with the makeup and then possibly four if I stretch out the investigation for four videos. Okay, okay. Nice. Yeah, that place is freaky. I investigated there for ghost vlogs, and I had the craziest thing happen to me, and I've never had that happen to me before. <laughs> what happened? Um, we had a um, so there's I was feeling something weird, and then I was like, oh my gosh, what? What am I feeling? And I said, well, if you can make a noise in one, two, three. Um, if you're here and then I counted one, two, three and a big, huge block was thrown across the room. I didn't catch that on camera, but you could hear it. And we all screamed. Huh. Okay. Yeah, we all screamed. And I said all kinds of bad words. <laughs> nice. You want to know something funny, Mariel? Yeah. I have never been to Asylum 49. What? So, That's like the OG place to go. Yeah, but I'm not paying $1,500 to rent out the location. That's just well, yeah. that's just not even acceptable, to be honest. And for two, I just it's never been able to align. Like uh, when Paul was wanting to do his last hurrah here in Utah before he moved to Reno, he rented out that location, but then COVID hit. And so they ended up canceling. And that yeah. was going to be my one yeah. and only time I was going to go. But unfortunately, that never Dang. happened. Well, maybe if I could get in there, I could, I'll could. i give you a call and I'll just have you help me with some things. That way you okay. can experience it. I will definitely help you out. That's not a problem at all. Now, I did have cool. one last question for you. Now, in your years of doing paranormal investigating and everything, what would be the one thing you want to tell everybody? Like, what is your... what? What is something that you would tell anybody that would start it start investigating or anything like that what would be your uh, opinion and advice okay so I have two so if you're trying to go just to try it out the first thing I would say go with someone that's experienced because the last thing you want to do is tell a ghost to use your energy or to make noises or to do this and that and then you're stuck with something evil or you're stuck with something that's followed you um, I would be very smart and get a team that is experienced to have your first experience. And then my second advice is for those that are trying to do the film side of it, maybe try to pitch a show, is that be patient. It takes time. Don't overdo it. It's, don't try to Hollywood it. Be genuine. and. No, you're going to spend a lot of money and if you go with the intentions of just having a fun time, you're going to realize a lot of things 
like your experiences, the people you meet, the history, the people you were able to help, the, the evidence you were able to provide. Like there's, there's more than just trying to be a famous paranormal person. So get that out of your head, go have fun. Mm-hmm. and enjoy your trip and the people that you're going to meet. And I wholeheartedly agree with you, 100% on that. Now, David, did you have any last uh, questions for Marion? No, I think I'm good. Okay. Well, that will definitely inc- uh, conclude our episode with Mario. I definitely thank you, Mario, for coming on to uh, our podcast and recording this. This has been a blast. We. I've learned more about you now than I've had in the last five years of knowing you. Oh my gosh, has it been five years? Oh yeah, it's been five years. Holy cow. I know. That I went know. by fast. Well, and I was talking to David about you, and I was like, we should really get her on on an episode, and, and David's only met you like maybe two or three times, and I think that's just because of uh, conventions and that one time at Asylum 49, and I'm yeah. like, dude, she's, she's, a, she's a pretty down-to-earth chick. Like, I, I'm pretty picky on who I want to interview for, for our podcast, and I definitely wanted you to be a guest on here, and just so that way we could just talk, because honestly, it's been forever. I know you're busy with your business and, and everything else, and plus you got some cute kiddos and a very handsome husband and to, to take care of and everything, and and but it's it's good to just sit down and talk to you for a little over an hour now. It's just, It's been nice, you know? Yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate it. That means a lot. And I appreciate our friendship. Holy cow, five years. That went Mm. by really quickly. I also admire you. I admire your team. You guys do really good things for everybody. And um, keep going. Keep rocking it. And I can't wait to see the new, new evidence you capture. And thank you for having me. Yeah, not a problem. And uh, just as a final note, make sure you go check out our, our merch store. Like I said before, it is 35% off and the sale will uh, end tonight. And then they're probably going to do another sale next weekend and the weekend after that. So we definitely recommend you check it out. But uh, David and I, uh, we thank Mario for coming on to our episode. And you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Same. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye. You are listening to the Bear River Paranormal Podcast, BRP Podcast. If you or you know of someone who is having issues with an entity or a possible haunting, please send us an email, text, or call. You can find all of our information at www.bearriverparanormal.com. We work 24-7 so we can resolve your paranormal issues quickly and as conveniently as possible. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Bear River Paranormal Podcast. Toss us a rating or a review. You can also find us on Facebook at BRP Podcast. If you are interested in sponsoring us, or if you like your products featured on the show, please send us a message. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you for listening, and have a wonderful rest of your day.